0: This is a time of divine help coming to you from the First square Gospel Church in Nigeria. Ministering is God's choice servant, Reverend Sam Abouyeji, General Overseer. You shall surely be blessed. I'm going to be speaking on spreading beyond the borders. Spreading beyond borders. Spreading beyond borders. We're talking about the international gospel. Our gospel is international, and our church is international amen we don't have a local gospel we have an international gospel <laughs> it's for the whole earth hallelujah in acts one7 to 9 which is my text and he said unto them it is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the father are put in his own power but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. From the scripture I just read to you, you will realize the fact that God's original plan was not to confine the gospel to a local place. He said, you are going to start in Jerusalem, but that's not going to be the end point. You are going to go on to Judea, and then you move on to Samaria. And then ultimately, you go go on to the uttermost part of the earth. And normally, I I put it this way. I say God is a master planner. That's why he had a plan for the short term, which is Jerusalem and Judea. He had a plan for the medium term, which is Samaria. And he had a plan for the long term, which is the uttermost part of the earth. God is the original planner. The whole world is his constituency. He wants the gospel to take the whole world as a constituency. When they tried to resist this original plan, something broke out. When they tried to resist it and they confined themselves to only Jerusalem, persecution and problems broke out, such that in Acts chapter 8 verse 1b, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Because of their, you know, disobedience to God's ordained plan, they they entered into problems. Each time we disobey God, we are on our own. Each time we step out of God's plan, God is no more there. That's what happened to Samson. When Samson stepped out of God's plan, he suddenly found himself in the hand of the enemy. I pray for you today. May you live continuously in obedience to God's plan. In the name of Jesus Christ. Indeed, they were scattered because of problems. But today, you know, we are being scattered for various reasons. And that's why what will take me to... I'm going to speak about two major things. I'll tell you reasons... For taking the gospel abroad, and then I will tell you requirements for taking the gospel abroad. What are the reasons for taking the gospel abroad? We just heard about one of the reasons. One of the reasons is because today we are being scattered for various reasons. Men and women are being scattered all over the world, particularly Nigerians, for various reasons. Some are being scattered for reasons of insecurity. Some are being scattered for reasons of farming. Some are being scattered for reasons of looking for greener pastures. Because the grass grass is always greener on the other side. So we're being scattered, no doubt about it. And that's one of the reasons why we must take the gospel to wherever men can be found. We are being scattered everywhere. But let me take it one after the other. The very first reason why we need to take the gospel abroad is because it is mandatory. It is a command. Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say go to Nigeria alone. Go into all the world. In other words, the whole world is a constituency of the gospel. The whole world needs the gospel. That it is mandatory. It is a command command are not meant to be negotiated. When you are commanded, you don't negotiate. When you are commanded, you don't, you don't begin to dribble. When you are commanded, the only thing you can do to a command is either to obey it or disobey it. And I pray we will not disobey the heavenly call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our mandate is not only to Nigeria. Our mandate is to Africa and indeed the entire world. Now, this is where it touches you. If you have anything that you want to spread all over the world, your your best means of spreading it is human beings. Do you know what he expects us to do with the gospel? In the book of Acts, look at it. He said it, Acts chapter 8 verse 4 to 5. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. They went everywhere. They were scattered abroad for various reasons. But when they got to wherever they went, the first thing they did was to preach the war. And look at verse 5. In verse 5, he said, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So, the moment you are being scattered abroad, what God's mandate says is that anywhere you find yourself, preach the word. Anywhere you find yourself, spread the gospel. That's how COVID-19 was spread. It was carried by human beings. That's why you suddenly recover by March, April, 2020. The entire airports in the world were shut down. Because that was the easiest means by which men move. In fact, there was then lockdown from nation to nation. No movements. So long as men do not move, they will not spread it. So long as men are moving... The gospel is expected to be spread Is somebody with me in the house. As I see your face, many of you are planning to travel abroad. And the Lord told me that if there is any of you who will key into this message and say, Lord, wherever I find myself, I'll preach the gospel. You will find it easier to travel than you ever thought. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. They went everywhere and they took the gospel with them. Because it is God's mandate. He mandated us that we must take it all over the world. There is a life example, apart from COVID-19. A man by name Robert Rudolph became the president of Coca-Cola in 1923. And he had only one vision. What was his vision? His vision was that in his lifetime, every human being on planet Earth would taste Coca-Cola. What a vision by a human being. 1923, as soon as he became president, he has only one vision. Everybody in the world must taste Coca-Cola in his lifetime. You know, when people have very big vision, I tell people any vision that can be accomplished in your time and your season is probably not God's vision. Because the vision is usually bigger than the one who received it. So that vision was obviously very big. But by 1955, this man had packed up. (laughs) <laughs> he had left planet Earth. But you know what? Once vision starts, it carries life. So it begins to move. And because the vision was moving, as of today, 97% of the world has heard of Coca-Cola. They may not have tasted, but they've heard about it. So they said that one missionary went to a village and was trying to pray the gospel to them. And he said, have you heard of Jesus Christ? And he asked him, is there another brand of Coca-Cola you know, of course, it Coca-Cola was more popular than Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Just from 1923 to date, Jesus has been around over 2,000 years ago. Whose fault is the fault of the church? 97% today have heard about it. They may not have tasted it. 74% have seen a can. They have seen a bottle. Even though they cannot afford it. But 74% have seen it. And of course, 51% have actually tasted it. So this man had his vision fulfilled that way. I wish, I wish that the church has our vision fulfilled this way. That's the challenge before us. That God expects us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. The church is over 2,000 years old. This man started this thing in 1923. To so date, and look at how far he has gone with it. It's not even up to 100 years yet. It's going to be 100 years in 2023. And yet, he has achieved this feat. Why? Because he focused on division. I pray that the Lord will give us a heart to focus on our vision in the name of Jesus. So it is a command. It is mandatory. That anywhere we go, we should take the gospel along with us. Number two. The number two reason is because the reality, the current reality of our time detects it. The current reality of our time detects it that we should take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Nigeria will probably top the list of nationals leaving their nation. Do you know that? We will probably top the list. In fact, we are almost at par with nations that are war torn. You know, nations that have worked on, they give them asylum all over the world because they know that they are running away from the insecurity at home. We are almost in that category. We move in droves out of our nation. In fact, as of 1980, the Nigerians in the U.S. were only 25,000. Just hear this. By 2017, it has climbed to 350,000. From 25,000 in 1980, It has become 350,000 by 2017. I can imagine what it will be by now. Maybe by now it will be nearing half a million or even more. That is Nigerians who have emigrated to the United States, which is one of the the, the favorable destinations, apart from Canada. I'm sure Canada might be higher than this. That shows that the reality of the time shows that we must take the gospel to those places. There was a prophecy, a prophetic word that came and said nations that brought us the gospel are waiting for us to take the gospel back to them. And I see that happening already. I see that happening already. That's the reason why we must take the gospel beyond our borders. We must take it beyond our borders. All over the world, as of today, when you check, you will discover that Nigerian churches are probably leading. All over the world, all over the world. Nigerian originated churches Are probably living, living. Why? Because of this Monday of the reality of our time The reality of our time is that Our people are moving out And if you don't pursue them with the gospel We might lose them to the enemy God forbid in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ No wonder the 4 square gospel church in Nigeria Have supported the, the Starting of Nifid The starting of Nifid Nifid is Nigerian 1st class family in diaspora. Nigerian first-square family in diaspora. What does Nifid do? Nifid tries to encourage our people who travel anywhere in the world to come together in fellowship so that they don't lose touch completely with home and lose touch with the gospel. I've heard stories of people who migrated from Nigeria. Leaders! They were leaders of churches in Nigeria who migrated. And when they got to wherever they were going, people could not even know whether they were Christians or not. That door must be shut. Because that is the enemy at work. He must shut it. That's why the First Square Gospel Church had established Nifit. So if any of you is traveling abroad, all you need to do is to get in touch with the director of Holy mission, who is seated here, and some of his people. This global movement, this global fellowship, is being led by our mommy, Regina kind, based in the US. So when you get in touch with them, all the fellowship you need, all the support you need, so that you do not backslide, so that you don't go back to the war. That's why that has been provided. Why? We must move out of our borders because of the reality of the time. We take the gospel, pursue people to wherever they are. The Bible said they went everywhere. Abroad, did you see abroad in the Bible? There, that's probably one of the few places where you see abroad. Where are we going? Abroad. That's where Nigerians are going abroad. And the Bible says Acts eight four, and they went everywhere abroad, and wherever they went, they took the gospel with them. That's the reason. That's the second reason why we have we have to talk about taking the gospel abroad. It is a prophecy fulfilled. It's a prophecy fulfilled that a time is coming when those nations who brought the gospel here, we will take the, nation, the, the gospel back to them. Listen to me. You know, taking the gospel outside is actually in our DNA as Square Church. A lot of people never knew that our founder is not an American. Many people just assumed that Emmys and Pumafacim will be an American. She's not. She's born in Ingersoll. In Canada, in the Ontario district of Canada. But what took her to America? The gospel. She went with the gospel to, to the nation of America. That tells you that taking the gospel abroad is actually in our DNA. It's in our DNA. And we must, we must do the same. Because now the reality of our time is that our people are moving out. We must pursue them with the gospel. Just the way the apostles did. In that time, when it happened, they pursued the people with the gospel. The Bible said, they that were scattered went abroad. They that were scattered went abroad. We are also being scattered in Nigeria. Scattered for reason of insecurity. Scattered for looking for good education. Scattered for looking for good skills. Scattered for looking for security. We are being scattered abroad. But one thing they did, which we must also copy, is that they went everywhere. Preaching the war. We must follow up with that. Everywhere we go, we must preach the war. That's why I took that song. Anywhere I go, I must lift him higher. And because they went everywhere preaching the war, that's how the gospel got here. You know, it was Philip who met the Ethiopian man, the Ethiopian finance minister. He met him in the desert and shared the gospel with him. And that's how the gospel came to Africa. Listen to me, beloved. If there is any way to fulfill the mandate of heaven, it is by taking the gospel beyond our borders. The gospel is not a local gospel. It's not a localized gospel. It's an international gospel. Because indeed, the whole world is God's constituency. We must take the gospel beyond our borders. Enough of sitting in Jerusalem. We are moved to Judea, bless God. We are moved to Samaria. But we must go to the uttermost part. Of the earth. Because we are in the long time. We are in the long time. There's no doubt about it. We are in the end time. The end time is a long time. And as we go, you know, I, I won't be surprised. A lot of you that I'm looking at your faces now because you are young people. I won't be surprised that in the next two, three years, quite a number of you will have traveled abroad. But don't forget this message. Those that were scattered went abroad, preaching the war. Anywhere you find yourself, try and link up with Nephid. And that will be a home for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I've talked about the reasons for taking the gospel abroad. I'm going to talk about the requirements now. The requirements are just two. Just two requirements for taking the gospel abroad. Of course, the first one is that for you to take the gospel, outside the boundaries of where you are, you need to be empowered. You need to be empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power After that the Holy Ghost Is come upon you And you shall be witnesses unto me Both in Jerusalem And in all Judea And in Samaria And unto the uttermost part of the earth But the first thing Is that you shall receive power After the Holy Ghost Is come upon me, upon you Until the Holy Ghost comes upon you You can receive power until you receive power, you can't be effective witnesses. Only empowered witnesses are effective witnesses. You don't go to a court and you say you are a witness. You don't have any evidence. What a witness is that? That must be a defective witness. You won't be a defective witness in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why I say you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You need to be empowered if you are going to take the gospel beyond the borders. And you know what? As you leave the shores of our nation, you will discover that one of the things you need in order to break the barriers to the gospel, in order to remove the limitation for gospel entering nations, is power. Because it takes power to break through. It takes power to take nations. It takes power to fulfill mandates. You need power. There are so many young people who have left the shores of Nigeria. I'm sure you are aware. Some left to go and read medicine. They came back, you know, half naked, singing and playing music with half naked and saying there is no HIV. They went with good intention, but they came back with something completely different because the powers that are there are going to work against you. You must carry power, authentic power. That's why I say you shall receive power. You need the power if you are going to break the barriers or boundaries. You are going to break the limitation of the kingdom of darkness. You need the power. You know, one of the things that myself and my wife did as our children were growing up and we discovered that they needed to be sent abroad. There is none of my children that left the shores of this country who was not filled with the Holy Ghost. None. None. The first two that went, Mommy was so passionate about it, they had not received the Holy Ghost when they were going to go. And we told them, follow us to Ajebo camp. We took them to Ajebo camp, and in Ajebo camp, Mommy took them to Mommy Badejo's room and said, Mommy, these guys are traveling this weekend, but they cannot leave this country until they are empowered. And Mommy laid hands on them, and both of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. And each time I ask them, how does it feel to be abroad? They say, what we have inside us is what is sustaining us. You need power. Don't just leave the shores of this country and say, because I'm going to read, because, because I have a one or two, I have distinction. You need power. If you don't have power, what you are going for might be very well-intentioned, but you might come back with something else. There are so many who have joined, uh, what, what do they call them? They have joined all kinds of groups abroad. Why? Because they didn't carry power. You need power. The powers of darkness are waiting to receive you there. But when you carry the power that is greater, he said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said you are God, little children and you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But that is if it's in you. So you need to be empowered. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will then be effective witnesses. Until you have the power, you cannot be an effective witness. Without the power, the barriers of satanic boundary and limitation for the entrance of the gospel cannot be broken. You need power to break the barriers. Meanwhile, every fresh outpouring and infilling with the Holy Spirit is preceded by fervent, constant, and continuous prayer. You know, somebody will ask me, how do I get the power? Jesus told them, Luke 24:49, You shall tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from an eye. In other words, the power will come in the moment of waiting upon the Lord and praying. You must wait for the power. You must wait for the power. That is the story I just told you now. You know, because of familiarity. We couldn't minister Holy Ghost baptism to them. When you are ministering it, they will be laughing. <laughs> they will be laughing. And mommy said, Look, this guy, you cannot leave this country without the power. You can't leave this country without the power. I, I hope somebody will make up his mind today and say, Even though I'm believing God to travel abroad, until I'm filled with power, it, it's more important than the visa. Are you listening to me now? It's more important than the student permit you are waiting for. It's more important than the fees that you are believing God to receive. Power. Everybody say power. Power. You know, one, one of our sisters who, 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 who worked in Canada told me, he said, I didn't know that, that white people are into witchcraft. He said, until I shared office with one of them. Then I discovered that power was interfering with power. Until one day she came and confessed. He said, you, 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 you are disturbing me? He said, disturbing you for what? You are doing your own, I'm doing my own. But you know, power past power. You must carry power. You can't leave the shores of Nigeria. You know, some of us erroneously believe that the demons are only in Nigeria. They follow people abroad. You know, they don't need tickets. They don't need visa. They travel in the air. So they follow people abroad. And when they follow them abroad and they are not carrying power, they just oppress them. In fact, the kind of oppression they couldn't do in Nigeria, they do it very freely over there. Power. You need power. You need power. If you must leave the shores of Nigeria with the gospel, you need power. You are a missionary. God is sending you to another nation. You need power. You need power. Because without the power, you can't make a difference. You need to ask them. They have been in the U.S. for a while, and the Lord helped them. They were able to raise a church that is flourishing. But power is essential. Power, because without power, you can't do work. You can't work. I mean, those who study science know that power is equal to work. Without power, there's no work. What is the greatest problem of Nigeria? Lack of power. We, Our SMEs cannot work because there's no power. Our industries are comatose because there's no power. Once power comes, things flow. You break barriers, you break limitations. I pray for you, you shall be endued with power from on high. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the barrier to harvest of nations is broken with the power of prayer. It is a spiritual battle over the nations. It's a spiritual battle. In Ephesians 6:12. 12, Therefore, we rescue not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why he told us we must carry power. And the only access to power is fervent and continuous prayer and worship. That's the access to power. Every successful mission work we had yesterday in a meeting, as a quotation from a man, he said, Every successful mission work is an answer to prayer. In other words, you can't be successful without prayer. You have prayer, you cannot make a success of mission work. The great apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, we're told, after prayers, after praying very well, he didn't have a record of opening his mouth to pray to somebody and the person did not receive Christ. No record of it. Because he would have sold himself in prayers. And when he steps out, you know his prayer point? God, lead me to the man, to the woman who is closest to your kingdom today. Lead me to the man, to the woman who is closest to your kingdom today. You know, I think it was Pastor Kola who was sharing with us, how they went into a field, and uh, I mean, I I forgot whether it was Pastor Kola or or the other pastor. And when they went into the field, they didn't even need to preach. (laughs) As they were distributing the time, the people were saying, what do you want us to do now? <laughs> that is when prayer has gone ahead. When power has taken over. I pray that wherever, wherever you find yourself, you will preach the word. And it will back with power. I say it be back with power. Barriers will break. Barriers will break. Limitations will be removed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. In Mark nine thirty-eight, after Jesus had lamented that the harvest is so plentiful, but the laborers are few, what did he say? Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send laborers into his harvest. For you to have access to this power, you need to engage in constant and consistent prayer. He said, wait for the power that is from on high. Wait for the power that is from on high. As you wait on the Lord, the power will come. And I'm trusting God that this morning, as many of you as are not yet filled with the power, you'll be filled this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. I say you'll be filled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No long story, no long story. In the last four weeks, throughout this mission month, everyone that stepped out have been filled with power. And you are going to be a monk in the name of Jesus Christ. God kept saying it. As I look at you, you are young people. Many of you are looking beyond the borders of Nigeria. But more important than your visa, more important than your student permit, more important than the scholarship you need to pay your fees, you need the power of God. You need the power of God so that barriers can give way. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you a story. The story of how First Square came to Nigeria to see the power of prayer. The Curtis family, the Curtis Aaron Curtis and Faye Curtis, his wife, had been trusting God to come to bring the first gospel to Nigeria. They had continued to pray and believe in God. They were praying and believing God. And they had shared their burden with the church and told the church, we want to go to Nigeria. The Lord is leading us to take the gospel to Nigeria. And they had communicated with a number of our people in Nigeria, a number of very highly placed ministers in Nigeria. They were communicating with them that were coming. But you know, you know, church things is not very fast. So while the church was still trying to arrange themselves, how to get money, how to make them comfortable, all of a sudden the man got his final entitlement. And when he got his final entitlement, he said, what an opportunity. You just package it together and use it to come to this nation. That's how we got the first gospel here. And that will take me to the second requirement. The second requirement are sacrificial givers. Sacrificial givers. We not only need the power of the Holy Spirit, which comes with fervent and consistent prayer, we also need sacrificial givers. Those who will give and give and give. Who will give by faith with absolute dependence on God. God, that's the only thing that can take the gospel to the nations. have Have you looked at our exchange rates? At the beginning of this year, I'm sure the exchange rate was something like 300 naira, right? Today it is how much? 550, right? That's almost double. So, in other words, if I can travel somewhere with 10,000 naira before, for me to go there now I need 20,000 naira. Do you see it? Do you see the implication? How do you do that? With normal resources. You can't do it with normal resources, it has to be heavenly resources. And I'm going to show you the key to accessing heavenly resources today. The key to accessing heavenly resources. There are people who are living here on earth. But actually, the resources they use are the resources of heaven. And you can join that group. That over and above what you think your salary is. Over and above what you think men give to you. Heaven will deliver to you in the name of Jesus. And the way to join it is to be part of sacrificial givers. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we were told about the church in Macedonia. This church in Macedonia, they contributed to, you know, Paul's ministry. And how did they do it? They did it because they didn't look at the limitation imposed on them by their poverty. There are three things that I want you to take note that must not dictate your giving to God. Three things that you must never allow to dictate your giving to God. The first one is feeling comfortable. If you are waiting until the day you'll be comfortable, you will never give to God's cause. If you are waiting, you say, okay, okay, you know, God understands. Now the money I have is not enough. God can see it. I've done the budget. It's not enough. When I have surplus, I'm going to begin to give to God. You will never give to God. If you have that at the back of your mind, why? Because if you read that Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse two, it says, "How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abandoned unto the riches of their liberality. In their deep poverty, in their deep poverty, they gave to God. They didn't have abundance. They gave in spite of their poverty." Why did Jesus say that the woman who gave only, a, 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 you know, a mite is the one that gave most? Because what God looks at is what is left. God, most of the time, doesn't look at what you are giving. He's looking at what is left. Is he, somebody with me today? He's looking at what is left when you give. So it, it shouldn't be abundance that would dictate in great, great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Abandoned to the riches of their liberality, they were still liberal in spite of poverty. They were liberal, and you know what the Bible says: "Only the liberal soul shall be made fat." Proverbs 11:25. The liberal soul shall be made fat; he that water shall be watered also. It didn't say the liberal hand, the liberal soul, because in Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse twelve, it says, "For if there be first a willing mind." A willing mind. It is accepted according to what a man has and not according to what he doesn't have. It's a willing mind. When you have a willing mind, you will have a, a liberal hand. An old woman came to Lagos in one of our prayer meetings in Wari some time ago. And when she was coming to Lagos, she said, Please, church, help me pray that the thing where they find gold Lagos. Now, that's how we talk in my village. The thing where they find gold Lagos. Make it touch my hand. And when she came back, he said, "Church, praise God with me. The thing where I go find for Lagos, you don't touch my hand. Whatever you put in your mind, as pertaining to mission, God will put it in your hand. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said, anything that is in your mind, that's what David said. That's what he said. That's what he said. Or Solomon, that's what he said. He said, as it was in my mind to build a house for the Lord, whatever is in your mind, when it has to do with God, God will put it in your hand. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday I was sharing a testimony of my, of my very first good job and the job I did in retirement. They were, they were going to raise money to build Somaludisicotas Church that is on Badjulai Road. And Bishop Ubebe had been invited to come and, you know, for fund. And that day I saw what I've never seen in my life. The man came with his Mercedes Benz car. That time he brought it to the meeting. Not knowing that he had announced to his family that this is the last time you will see this car. He packed the documents. And as he was, he was about to raise funds he said I'm going to lead the way. And he called the pastor of the church. He said please take the particulars and the key of this car. Whatever amount is worth, please invest it in the building of this place. I opened my mouth. Then, when the service was about to close, they wanted to arrange some brethren to go and drop him. He said, Don't drop me. He said, Because if you go and drop me, you will continue to drop me every day. He said, Let me get used to taking Okada. He said, I'm going to take Okada from here. Can you imagine somebody drove in Mercedes Benz car to a meeting and he went home with Okada? Well, you know, I mean if you know Bishop, maybe you know how much God blessed him. I used to crack a joke that he has his church in the best choice places. His churches are located in choice places. Why? Because you cannot trade with God and make a loss. That day I was so devastated. I brought car to the meeting. I tried the home. I just, in my own case, I didn't donate it. I just forgot that I came with a car. In my confusion. I forgot that I came with a car. I was just trekking home. In I for to tell you, the truth. I was crying and praying. I said, God, you will help me to get to this level where I can close my eyes and give to the cause of the gospel. That's what you need. If you are going to break through, if you are going to break free from this poverty, you cannot use abundance. You cannot use calculating what you can afford. No. Verse 3 For to their power and beyond their power, they were willing to give and they gave. They were willing to give. And this they did, that's five. Not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. That's where our problem is actually. Most of the time we have not given ourselves completely to the Lord. You're right, put me into, Leru, no, Leru. When you have given yourself completely to the Lord, nothing will be too precious to give to him. They first of all gave themselves to the Lord. Completely. And that's why I'm going to round up this message. Psalm 37 verse 5. Give yourselves unto the Lord. Good news translation. Trust in him and he will help you. Give yourselves to the Lord. Trust in him. And will help you. I see some of you are trusting God for financial breakthrough. I see some of you are trusting God for one thing or the other. Some of you young people, you are trusting God for admission. Some are trusting God for scholarship. Some. But the first thing, first and foremost, give yourselves to the Lord. Trust also in him and he, he will help you. That's the first thing. The second thing, of course, you have to do is, of course, to ask for the power. Ask for the power. Ask for the power. As many of you as are now filled with the Holy Ghost and you're under the sound of my voice, please, don't proceed. That's what Jesus told them. Tarry you until you are in deal with power from now. Don't move from this building. Don't move. It could be risky for you to move without being endowed with power. Can you imagine them moving out without the power? They would have been wiped out. Don't move. Until you end up with power. That's the second call I'm going to make today. You need the power. You need the power. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to speak in tongues. Number three call that I'm going to make. You want to join the group. Because today, actually, we're supposed to be raising some money for foreign mission. WAMCO specifically. WAMCO is the West African Missions Council of the square Gospel Church in Nigeria to minister the gospel, square Gospel to all the West African nations. As I speak to you, in Togo, there are only five churches. And when the report was given to us yesterday, I said there's only one zone. And you know how many zones we have in Nigeria? Over 800. Only one zone in Togo. Only one zone. The gospel need to get to them. But you know today, you can't preach the gospel without cash. That's why I'm going to raise that and as I'm raising that money, I'm not raising funds. I'm raising men. I say I'm raising men. And if you want to join the lift, you can easily join. I've told you, don't base it on what you have. Don't base it on your abundance. Don't base it on the extra that is left. Base it on trusting God. And God will prove himself to you as the one who will supply all your needs. There are needs that money cannot buy. True of us, There are needs that money cannot buy. Some people are looking for visa. If they ask them to pay $2 million, they will have paid. But money cannot buy it. There are people looking for student permits. If they had asked them to pay $5 million, their parents can pay. But the process will not allow it. There are people who are looking for scholarships. If they had asked them to come and bribe somebody, they will have bribed. But the process will not it. but there's a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. That's why, you know, the man of God, David said, I will look up unto the hills from where comes my hair. My hair comes from the law. You know, Nigeria, I had some people, they were telling people that they would give them job, and they were asking them to pay thousands of naira. In fact, I am aware, you know, because of the where I, place I come from, they will tell you that there's a contract job that you should come, that you will agree, you will take 50, i take 50. But even before you even get the job, go and bring 500,000 I know, because of the scarcity of jobs, some people will go and look for it. And they will give 500,000 up front for a job that they are not sure. And because man is man, even when that man feels that he knows the person is tired, last minute, he will come and disappoint. But there's a God in heaven. When he wants to help you, he doesn't need help from anybody. He can do it all by himself. And that's the God that is calling you this morning. If only you will answer and you key into it, I can assure you that you will see the unusual. You will contact a miracle, and your life will never remain the same. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Just bow down your heads. Bow down your heads and talk to God. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. First call i making. You are there. You want God to help you. But give yourselves to the Lord. Trust in him. Then he will help you. You want the Lord to help you. If you want the Lord to help you, give yourselves to him. Trust in him and he will help you. Open your mouth and talk to God. Say, Father, I need your help. I need your help. But you need to give yourself to him. If you are there, you have not given yourself completely to him. You are still one leg in, one leg out. You are still bargaining with sin. You are still playing with unrighteousness. You are not serious in your life with God. This is an opportunity for you to commit yourself 100% to God. And face him, trust him, and then you can be sure of his help. Anywhere you are, under the sound of my voice, whether online, whether in front of your television, or you are right in the house, I want you to raise your right hand up. I'd like to pray for you. Raise your right hand up. I'd like to pray for you. Raise your right hand up and put your left hand on your chest. I'm going to pray for you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you. But surrender yourself completely. I can see those hands now. I can see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for this, your children. The Bible says concerning the Macedonian church, For they first gave themselves unto the Lord. I pray for these ones who have made up their mind to give themselves unto you. I ask, Lord, as they give themselves unto you, you will be faithful to them in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask, Lord, that sin that has separated them from you, you will forgive their sins in the name of Jesus you will cleanse them with the blood of your only son in the mighty name of Jesus, Christ. I pray, Lord, that in your lives, let your own life of sin and unrighteousness, let your own life of defeat and discouragement, let it pass away in the name of Jesus, and let all things become new in the name of Jesus. Father, help them that as they receive you into their life, as their Lord and Savior, they will live ever for you in the mighty name of Jesus. That on the last day, their names will be written in the last book of life in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, because you have heard our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. We are going to rise up now. I'm going to round up now. I want us to rise up on our feet. I'm taking the last step now. I'm taking the last step. I don't want it to end today. This one that I want to do. I don't want it to end today. I want today to be the starting point. And that's of your giving, sacrificially. Of your giving, sacrificially. There are some of you are young. But when you keep to it from young, your case is better. Before you are 30, before you are 40, you're already swimming in abundance. As many as want to join me in doing what I've just said, 100,000, 50,000, 10,000, and 5,000. You may not even have it right now. Maybe let me give you till, um, when now? Let me give you till convention week to try and put it together. Or November ending, put it together because I want everybody to participate. Look for 5,000. Look for 10,000 between now and November ending. And say, This one co offering, I want to be part of it. And God, who takes people abroad, who takes them to where they never imagined, He will take you there in the name of Jesus. If you want to be part of it, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray right away. I'm going to pray. God bless you. God bless you. Father in heaven, I thank you for these hands that are raised. You said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations and then the end shall come but we need money to preach the gospel and you have assured us in your work that the profit of the earth is for all I decree today as your people drop this offering to be part of your work in one core nations I ask Lord that their own portion of the profit of the earth you will release to them in the name of Jesus Christ. The profit of the earth is not only for share. The profit of the earth is not only for mobile. The profit of the earth is only for NNPC. The profit of the earth is not, to, it's not only to MTN and Airtel. Their own portion of the profit of the earth, which is for all. Father, release it into their lives in the name of Jesus. Let it manifest in the mighty name of Jesus. You said you will multiply the seed that is sown. That's what your word says. As they sow this seed, let it be multiplied back to them in admissions in the name of Jesus. Let it be multiplied back to them in good health in the name of Jesus. Let it multiply back to them in spiritual vitality in the name of Jesus. Let it be multiplied back to them in academic progress in the name of Jesus. Let it be multiplied back to them in employment in the name of Jesus. Let it multiply back to them in provision of husbands and wives in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be multiplied back to them in every area of their needs in the name of Jesus Christ. And help us as a church to so use it to take the gospel beyond the borders. Thank you because you have heard our prayers. In Jesus name. We have prayed.